0: All right, welcome everyone to Writer's Sunday to Author Today, where we give you the story beginning to end, and today we give you the story of author Benjamin Mullenau. and hopefully I did say your name correct, did I say it
1: correct, Benjamin? You did, David, yeah, you did, thank you,
0: that's right. And uh, would you prefer Ben or Benjamin?
1: Ben is good, thank you. All right,
0: well, good. So you're an author, that's about as much as I know about you, why don't you tell me Mm -hmm. a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, I've been writing for a few years, um, just on a side hobby. Of course, it's hard to make a living on it. Um, but I, I write um, either articles, um, prose, uh, short stories, novels. Um, uh, my my real job I just I just started as a city record specialist. So I've been doing that for a couple of weeks now. So it's been a big change. Um, so it's harder to find time to write now because of learning a new job. Um, but when there is time, I like to write. I've been working on some other projects now, including a photo collection, as well as an upcoming Western thriller.
0: Wow, so you've got your hand in a lot of pots there, it sounds like. Yeah, stay busy. (laughs) So what do you typically write about? Is there one certain genre or subject that you like to write about, or do you kind of spread yourself out?
1: I like the horror genre. Um, I, I love horror movies, all. I'm not a big fan of gore. Um, so I stay away from movies like Saw, but I like the thrillers, the suspense. Um, so that's what I like to write is the suspense and uh, the thriller aspect of writing. Um, I like that to write a book and at the end of the book have, a, have an ending that kind of gives me goosebumps. So it, that's, where, that's where I know I have a good ending. So it's, it's fun just to write just the, the journey of the story, um, the world building, the creating your own characters, putting them in, in predicaments and see what happens. You never really know what happens. I don't like to do outlines. Um, I just like to write to see what happens, and as I go along, I'm along with the journey.
0: Well, you know, I'm always curious to see how you became an author.
1: You know, where did you start from? At what point
0: did you say, hey, you know, I really want to do this. I want to write. You know, what prompted you to take that first step?
1: About five years ago, um, I had a setback in life uh, where I lost my job. Um, it, was a, it was a big struggle. Um, I was living by myself. Um, in, in Florida. I was living by myself in my own apartment, lost my job, so it was a struggle, and um, I, I needed a creative outlet just to let me express myself, so I started writing poetry and prose just as a way to express myself, just to, to get words out. Um, living, I was pretty lonely, and of course, I lived by myself. Um, I had my grandparents lived about an hour away, so I had family still, but it was just uh, it was, it was, it was a hard struggle, so I wrote that just for an expressive outlet, um, from there, I, I really enjoyed it. So I, I took a class up um, Seminole State College in Florida for one, one, one well I was one class, a creative writing class, and I loved it. It was fun. I learned about the aspects of writing articles, um, creative nonfiction, um, more short stories, novels, a little bit of screenplay. So that got me interested where I, I figured, hey, I want to learn more. So I took some, I um, attended uh, online school, Tiffin University, and I got my master's in humanities with a concentration in creative writing. So, a couple of years of taking courses there, I learned a lot about poetry, a lot about short stories, novel writing, more about screenplay. So, from there, it was a lot about world building, um, about a story from, from beginning to end, um, making, you know, sending articles, making sure you're, you're, you use a creative nonfiction. Um, because uh, when writing articles, especially when I write about the uh, Old West, the 1800s, um, we really didn't know what happened there. Of course, we weren't there, so we can't say. So we're basing our facts on other people's facts. Um, So we had to be creative in writing articles to be historically accurate, as well as be entertaining. Um, So I learned a lot while in in class. Um, So that was five years ago. And since then, I wrote my first novel and released it a couple years ago in 2018, October. Uh, since then, I've released one, uh, two more horror novels and a memoir. So it's, it's been a fun process.
0: Wow, it sounds like you've been a pretty busy guy. So if you had to uh, compare yourself to a, a more well-known author, who would you say you're most like?
1: Um, I'll be honest, I don't do a lot of reading. Uh, that's one of my downfalls. I don't do a lot of reading because I really don't have time. The time I do have, I prefer to either watch watch horror movies or write myself um, but there are a couple authors that I do enjoy to read um, like Lincoln and Childs they have good books uh, their books are entertaining because they bring a historical aspect whether it's archaeology I always wanted to be an archaeologist as a kid so I love their like old Egyptian books um, archaeological um, big books where they come up with uh, evil around them so they have really good entertaining books I don't write like them but through one of the authors, there was some of the authors that I enjoyed to read.
0: Now there is a lot of alternate um, history type things that are, are are being put out in the media. You know, um, uh, expedition unknown and ancient aliens and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, would you say uh, media like that has had an influence on your writing?
1: Um, I'd say so because uh, history is. Is not the most popular subject I'll, I'll say um, it's I guess museums are kind of um, the, the turnout for museums aren't what they used to be for what I hear anyway um, historical areas it's just I like the preservation fact of, of, um, of preserving history whether the fact is just like um, I guess by like my, my family's history I have a lot of um, they call we call like items from my, my family. Um, heirlooms, and then um, just the fact that uh, historical buildings are being torn down for new apartment buildings or new Walmarts, um, new commercial. Um, it's, it's its money over preservation. If they can make money on, on land uh, to sell it, they're going to tear down whatever historical building is there, no matter how much someone tries to fight. There's a couple of good organizations like uh, Society of Commercial Archaeology. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of good good companies that are trying to fight for preservation, but they can only do so much for what following they have, especially when it comes to uh, big conglomerates. Um, wanting prime land, they're going to tear down any old building that, that, that they can to, to make money. So I like the preservation fact of history, whether it's through photography or through articles or through through writing.
0: How do you research? Do you um, do you research? And if you do, uh, how do... To- how does that happen? I mean, uh, do you go to a library? Are you listening to um,
1: other people's stories? Uh, how does
0: that happen for you?
1: Uh, the best thing to research is through libraries, if, if, you, if you have a good resource. Um, I, I used to live in, uh, in Tucson, Arizona. Um, I went to school at the University of Arizona, so I knew the library pretty well there. So then I wrote my articles for either the Tombstone Times or the Tombstone Epitaph. Um, I used to do a lot of research at the library itself where it was based on like, on Arizona history. So it was a perfect resource. Um, so right now when I write about um, either Doc Holliday or other Old West um, facts, it's kind of hard because I'm in Washington now, it's kind of hard to find the resources right now. So I do a lot of online research where I find old articles or old newspaper articles based on the the Times. Um, that, that the events were happening, because that's the most accurate information I could find, even though there is some bias, I guess, in, as there is now in the media, depending on what side you look at. There was bias back then, too, whether a certain article or certain uh, newspaper company liked one person or not the other person, or it's kind of biased towards a certain situation. So you have to take that in mind when even reading newspapers from the 1880s. Well, that's the best facts to get because it had just happened you know, days prior. The events happened you know, days prior to the release of the newspaper, so they had the most accurate information. For what I could see, it's just deciphering the fact between um, how accurate or how biased their statements or opinions are.
0: How do you determine what research is good and what research is not good?
1: Just reading the facts. There's multiple newspapers, multiple articles written about one event as there is today. Um, you, you just read through each one, and you can kind of just, just tell, decipher between which one was um, giving bias information. Um, for, for one of my articles, was about a guy named Johnny Behind the Deuce, a guy who shot um, somebody else. And um, uh, one article called him the devil. Uh, he was evil. Another article kind of stood by him, saying he was just an innocent, uh, innocent man in the wrong place, wrong time. So it is really hard to decipher uh, which side of the story you wanna, you wanna go by. That's why in my, in my articles, I include both sides, I present both sides just to give a fair presentation of what people thought about the, the guy back in the day, back in the 1880s, what they thought about him back then. So I, I give a fair presentation of both sides because I, I, I wasn't there, of course, uh, none of us was there. So it's, you have to be fair in giving the correct um, accurate information. So I like to give both sides of the story.
0: So you try to be factual in your novels?
1: Uh, correct, yes.
0: so if with all the history and all the research you're done, um, what story fascinates you the most?
1: Um, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of stories there's um in my in my western thriller I'm coming out with now it's about uh it's, it, it takes place in an old town in Texas. Um, I've I've never been through Texas except driving through it, so I had to do some research on old old Texas towns back in the 1880s, um, some ghost towns. I I created fictional towns because I, I didn't know of any other towns, so I had to create fictional towns for this one because it is a fictional uh, horror book, a western thriller. So I had to create you know fictional towns, um, characters, but based on 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 Texas and what it would be um, like. Uh, today or um, back in the 1880s as well. So there's a lot of stories that fascinate me. In my last uh, horror novel, Soul Hunters, I I include an an ancient Egyptian uh, scene. I used to, I used to love ancient Egypt. I wish I knew more about it. So that was a hard scene to write. I had to research uh, some of the deities, the gods about ancient Egypt, just to make sure I was accurate. Um, use the proper names. Use the right um, the right gods for what they did. So it's, it's been fun researching as, as you go along. Um, of course, they're fictional books, so you can't be 100% accurate, uh, but you still want to be, you know, you know, you don't want to use the wrong characters or the wrong gods or the wrong um, area of geography and, and have someone read it and spot it and they would know for sure. If they're from Texas, they would read that and be like, oh, there's, no, there's none of this here or that, that doesn't sound right. So you still want to be you know, fairly accurate with your writing.
0: Well, since you used to uh, be heavily into ancient Egypt and you are a fan of archaeology, um, you know, there again I bring up the the subject of TV shows like Ancient Aliens. Are they putting out accurate information, or would you say it's more for entertainment value?
1: That's that's definitely for entertainment value. Um, I, I honestly I've only seen previews of the show. I haven't watched it myself, um, but I, I know I know the. Uh, what it's about and I think it's is for entertainment value as most of those shows are um, especially from the History Channel perspective these days I don't, I don't have cable so I haven't seen History Channel for a long time but a lot of the shows are just for entertainment value like I love old antique restorations so and I used to watch the restoration show on the History Channel um, obviously all that's for entertainment value they don't go in the whole detail of how they restored the antiques It's just they go out in the detail of how they get it uh, some of the points they went over a lot of the drama of the show as well as how much you sell it for um, so all those shows are pretty much for entertainment value especially if it's like a history channel or other channels like that
0: well even though it's for entertainment value do you think it brings attention to the history and people doing their own research
1: i think it does yeah because people watch shows like ancient aliens are like oh cool is that a, is that a real thing so they look it up they quote-unquote, Google it and see for their own selves and might get interested in it, watch other YouTube videos, conspiracy videos. Um, so it, it does bring interest to certain aspects of history or um, the world itself.
0: So you personally, what do you think about those shows? Uh, I mean, obviously you said you haven't watched them in a long time, but you know, if it was available to you today, would it be something that you would like to get entertained by?
1: Um, not really. I really don't... I don't know. History Channel, I haven't watched that for years. Like I said, I don't have cable. It's it's. I don't know of any TV shows per se that I would enjoy watching. I used to watch uh, the HBO show Deadwood. That was somewhat historically accurate, but of course not historically accurate because it was a TV show. It was a fictional show based on real place, real time, real characters. Um, so having been to Deadwood, you know, there's some inconsistencies there, of course, but it's for entertainment value, but it was a good show to watch. Um, shows like you know, Vikings. That was a good show to watch. Um, Rome. I watched a little bit of Rome. That was a good show to watch. Um, so it all depends on how much you're expecting out of the TV show, whether it's entertainment value or historical value. Um, so there are some good shows out there, but I just watch them for fictional, historical, not, not, not historical value, but for entertainment value.
0: So with all that in mind, um, you know, you yourself wouldn't particularly watch those shows today so how do you approach your book when it comes to that
1: um i I just do research depending on the areas um when it comes to uh, places i've been a lot of my books take place in places that i've been so i I know um whether it's uh, an old drive-in in florida or um or an old town i used to live by in florida as well uh, so there's, there's some uh, areas that I'm already aware about or places that I see. Uh, my last book took place, uh, one scene took place in an old drive-in. Um, I remember going to an abandoned drive-in once in a town of Deland, Florida, and it was really eerie and creepy uh, walking in there, seeing some of the old, old, uh, old stuff within the, the whole wooded area. So that gave me the inspiration to write that scene. Um, I could just picture myself being in that area and then adding those, those two characters to the area and just kind of basing the scene based on that. So it's a lot of the inspiration comes from not so much like you know, research itself, but areas that I know of where I've been and can place myself in it, that area as well as additional characters as I write
0: you know, and being in some of these historical areas, it really can spark the imagination, you know, especially with you doing the research, you can see it play out in your head. And, you know, I me mean, personally, I grew up in the South and uh, my hometown is actually older than America is. Hmm. Um, so, you know, growing up, I got to see a lot of those historical places. And cool. still to this day, it, it sparks my imagination about how it would have been back then. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I love getting involved in, in novels that do take you back to a, a time period, especially if you can get engrossed in it. But I've got to ask, horror and Western, how, how do you write that? I mean, is, do you add a supernatural element into it? I mean, uh, how does that flow for you?
1: Yeah, you you have to. Um, this is the first time writing a Western. I've never really been a Western book like Louis L'Amour. My grandpa loved him. I, I never did read his books. Um, so I never have read a Western book myself. So I had to add a little bit of, um, yeah, it's a little evil, a little... Um, there's a ghost town involved. I love ghost towns um the old abandoned scenes, so there's a ghost town involved. there's hiking there's a there's an old some old mines. I love going into the old mines and just uh just venturing you know having a nice adventure so it takes place a lot of areas that I can familiarize familiarize myself with, such as you know old mines or caves or ghost towns, the desert. Um, just walking around the old buildings but there has to be a supernatural element to give it that little thriller aspect to it Um, because it's just not it's not a typical western it's uh it's it's not what you would call a typical western i guess you can say
0: (laughs) so you don't just write about westerns what's some of the other uh time periods or subjects that you write about
1: um so far most all my books uh take place in the 80s or before um one thing I'm not a fan of it's it sounds crazy is i'm um, having cell phones in my books uh, because i think times were in a sense simpler before cell phones um, the, the the best way i can add that is if you look at any tv show that took place in like the 90s or 80s without cell phones and if you would just imagine what if these characters had cell phones how would these episodes be different uh, i like seinfeld and they had some cell phones towards the ends of the show. But like before that, they're always trying to find a pay phone. They're always trying to find somebody, going into chaos, trying to, to locate this and that. If they would have had a cell phone, there'd be no episodes. So I had to write books um, based in the 80s or before because it was, it was a time frame where they didn't have as much technology, as much access to convenience. Um, so it kind of puts them more in a bind where they can't just pull up their phone to find GPS or pull up the phone to find a phone number or call somebody for help. Um, If you look at any 80s movies, they're always trying to run towards the nearest payphone, trying to find a quarter or dial collect and all that. So a lot of my books take place, I guess all of them take place for the most part in the 80s or before, um, towards the 60s. So that's what I like to write more towards is the days before cell phones.
0: Well, not only the problem solving, but there's more of a personal connection. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine Seinfeld today? It would just be them sitting on the couch, (laughs) texting back and forth to each other. It wouldn't be much of a Mm -hmm. show. That's
1: it.
0: (laughs) You know, I I think it adds a lot more to the character development and the the personal connection with them.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, have you written just, you know, you mentioned poetry and you mentioned your books. I mean, what other kind of uh, creative outlets have you explored?
1: Um, I've done some YouTube, uh, just for fun. I've created a couple just like a little, um, I created like a commercial for my books just to make it fun. It's, re- it's really cheesy, but it's just something fun just to start doing some YouTube videos just to see how that process works. I did a, I did a book reading uh, for a few minutes of one of my books, read the first chapter on YouTube, just to kind of, uh, branch out, um, try to get more viewers, more readers, um, as, as any writer could Say the hard, hardest part is marketing the book, um, so I'm trying to branch out to new um, to new areas to try to see if I can be creative anywhere else rather than just writing. Uh, so I've done some YouTube as well, but besides that, not a whole lot else.
0: You know, it is intimidating with all the different outlets that we got these days, and you know, people's attention span is so hard <laughs> to capture that attention, and you know that first chapter is just so important, you know, to be able to capture the reader. Have you felt like that's been a struggle for you as an author?
1: It, it, it has because, because um, the, one of the theories I, I use, like I said, I I, I love movies. Um, I'm a, I also love action movies. Um, I like, I hate as bad as it sounds. I like Steven Seagal movies. Um, he has a lot of good action movies. And I read about him once where if you notice, if you ever watch any of his movies, his movies always start with an action scene, like a big action scene. And I I read about that once, why he does that. And he actually said that he starts his movies off with a big action scene to keep the viewer's attention. And then he goes into the speeches and then to more of the character building. His movies always begin with an action scene just to get that attention of the viewers. So that's the same thing as as a book. You want that first scene, that first chapter, to to, to grab the attention of the reader. Otherwise, you know, I guess your book's dead. So they're not going to read the book. They're going to put it back. Um, so you want to make sure that that uh that, that that the first chapter or first scene grabs their attention enough to actually want to read more. I've read books before where you read the first chapter and it's dull or it's boring. And it's like I'm not going to be interested in reading another couple hundred pages. So you, so you put it back. So it, it happens. So you got to be careful with that introduction.
0: Okay. So if you could put yourself in any time period, uh, uh, throughout time or events or anything like that, you know, what would you like to
1: witness? Oh, that's a good question. I, I really don't know. It's a, it'd be, I guess I have to have a time machine would be fun. I just go back anywhere, but I'm, I'm, I'm specific with, I like the old West, the old Western history. Um, like the old Tombstone, the old 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 Deadwood times, just to go back and, and, of course, I'd be scared to live there. I don't want to get shot, you know. It'd be it'd be scary to, to go back there in time, but if I had the confidence enough to go back there and just roam the streets, roam the towns, go on on horseback and uh, not get attacked, uh, it'd be kind of fun just to go back and see how time was back then, on times before TV um, times before you know all the technology before cars it'd just be a whole different lifestyle I don't want to live there permanently but it'd be fun to go back and just and just see how life was back then because that's what I, I like all my, all my articles are pretty much based on the old west so it'd be kind of fun just to be there and see how it, how it really was
0: yeah I love uh, you know just losing myself in the thought of being in another place in another time which you know most mm-hmm. people do that's why we read that's mm-hmm. why we take in media you know one that has fascinated me um and i'm curious if you've seen it uh Westworld on HBO
1: no i i can't place it
0: okay well the premise is is that they have created uh androids hmm. um and basically it's a vacation spot to where people um put on the western clothing and everything like that and they can go into this theme park that's all android actors that Are acting like you know they're back in the 1880s, Hmm. so they get to explore what that would be like, and you know it's open ended. The the AI and the androids you know responds to everything they do. So you have you know maybe 20 or 30 people in this little town that are from the real world, but they're able to role play in the old west.
1: Oh wow! Okay, I'll check it out.
0: It's very interesting because it attacks. you know where those moral boundaries are because you're able to do anything because they're not technically real people Mm -hmm. so it, it really explores you know how tight their moral compass is
1: okay oh that's pretty cool wow i'll check that out thank you
0: uh you're welcome so you know since you have not taken in a lot of media yet is there any that has really stuck out in your mind that has really fired your imagination you know uh throughout a lot of this writing process
1: not really i'm trying to think of anything um there really hasn't been anything besides just uh just reading old articles or reading present articles based on history or or preservation um just pretty much like old like archaeological magazines or historical magazines, wild West magazines, stuff like that when i I do read I like to read those on this three the the history and but there's no like t v shows per se or h b o or any history channel shows that i I watch now well, I would definitely
0: recommend it, especially if you're looking for you know a different way of looking at things because they do have a lot of things to spark your imagination. I found in some media today, a lot of it, I don't watch, I'll admit, but they're mm-hmm. I, I seem to, to gravitate towards the ones that are more historically based, you know, but not necessarily oh, yeah. factual. Um, okay. and it, it really sparks my imagination and I've, I love that trend. You know, you were talking about archeology. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've been re- real, been into uh curse of oak island here lately you know all hmm. the history that they have uh dug up there and the research that they do through finding these artifacts um hmm. you know they send it off to be tested and to verify where where all these things come from that they've been digging up and it's real hmm. interesting to to hear all the different theories you know it's not like oh you're yeah taking your career on it but it, it's a lot of fun just to let your imagination run and that's what i love about uh period uh media you know like you mm-hmm. write so you know hearing your point of view and how you come about a lot of this stuff you know it really fascinates me and makes me uh, definitely want to pick up your books
1: oh yeah yeah for sure i'll have to check out more media just to see is just uh just to watch um, more. It's, it's hard without cable, but, but there are some YouTube videos or, or YouTube channels that does um, have a lot of history or a lot of stuff like that. So I'll have to gear more towards um, watching a few more of those just to see what's out there.
0: Well, you mentioned screenplays. Uh, have you written any screenplays?
1: I have not. I, I do want to write my second novel, uh, Murders, Murders of the Prophecy, into a screenplay and try to, try to get that out to someone to just, just, just to try. you know. Of course, the chances are very slim, but it's something I want to try just to say that I tried. Otherwise, how do you know until you try? Um, so that's one thing I, I want to do in the upcoming future when there is time is to start that. I've written one in my class. Um, it's really hard because each page equals one minute. Um, so it's you want to make sure it's long enough to make it into an, a film adaption um, without doing too much detail where the producer needs to step in and, you don't want to do his job, so it's really hard to write. It takes a lot of time, but it's something I want to do in the future, just to try.
0: Well, we're definitely going to be looking out for it. You know, uh, don't forget your favorite podcast host. Yeah, script, you got it.
1: You know it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Benjamin, it has been so much fun hearing your point of view and and how you come about your work. And you know, where can people get more of your work at?
1: Um, I have a website, uh, com. Um, it's also on my Amazon page. If you type in my name on the Amazon page, um, I do have a, a book through, through Breaking Rules Publishing. Um, it's, a, it's a memoir uh, called Letters from uh, Fort Lyons San- Sanatorium, 1929 to 1930, uh, based on my great-grandpa's struggles while he was in a sanatorium um, after World War I, uh, where I shared the letters that he wrote to his wife and back while his wife struggled raising their four kids by herself um, and bear in mind, this is during the Great Depression. Um, money was very frugal, and it was it was a rough time. So just to read the letters kind of brings that that, that realism. The fact that that people did struggle in the Great Depression, especially if uh, someone was back from uh, World War One and they came down with tuberculosis, as a lot of people did, during um, the hospitals, they're, they're, of course they're dying a lot because it was a disease where there was no cure yet for. Um, so it was hard for him him being away from his family and being able to provide a life for them because he was in a hospital not being able to work, make money as he, as he wanted to be, while his wife struggled um, raising his four, their, their four kids by herself. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite, uh, it's very realistic, very accurate um, depiction of life during the, the beginning of the Great Depression. Um, so you, you'll find that, that book on Breaking Rules Publishing as well. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of sources out there
0: and that book was just released correct
1: it was released a couple months ago so yeah it's uh, um it's it has it has pictures of each of the letters um so you can see the handwriting see the the detail um and there's also a translation i guess not that's a wrong word to use but uh there i I wrote down what the what each letter says a lot of words are illegible um so i actually had a course my grandpa, who's, who's, this is his parents, he passed away uh, a few years ago. Um, so I couldn't ask him anything about the letters, but my grandma, I asked her um, and she would help me with a lot of the words that I did not know because there were phrases back then that they don't use today. So there's, there's, there's a few words that I did not know. So I asked her help and she helped me um, get some of the words down. So it, there's a little bit of history about their life, uh, about uh, World War I, about life with tuberculosis. As well as what the letters say and uh, and and, and happened to them at the end. So it's a, it's it's pretty good, interesting uh, a memoir.
0: Well, I can't wait to check it out. That that sounds like a lot uh, of good information because you know anybody that's a fan of ghost shows these days they're all mm-hmm. they're going to tuberculosis hospitals quite a bit. So they are uh, a lot, and being able to put yourself back there to kind of see what they went through, uh, I think would be a lot of fun. Well, not fun, but mm-hmm. fascinating.
1: Oh, yeah, it would be it. I do enjoy those shows, those, those shows, Ghost Hunter shows. But I only like the fact where they go around the old building. I don't like the the ghost part itself. But the fact that just seeing the building, uh, seeing the rooms and just imagining what the people went through is just really fascinating.
0: Exactly. And, that you know, there again, it makes me want to pick up your book even more because, I mean, I would love to, to experience what it was like back then.
1: hmm. For sure.
0: Well, thanks, man. This has been one heck of an interview. I've had a lot of fun. Um, definitely too, gonna check check out your books. And there again, where can people find you at?
1: Um, on my website or I have an Amazon page. I have a Facebook page. Just type in my name and it'll all come up dot Com, or my author page, Benjamin Molenauer on Amazon or just Facebook. You'll find me on Facebook as well. So um, I look forward to to meeting some new people.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, M-O-L-L-E-N-H-O-U-R. That's how you spell? That is correct.
1: Yes, sir. That's correct.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Ben, and I hope to hear from you again in the future because it sounds like you got a lot of good stuff coming out.
1: I hope so. Thank you, David, for your time. I really appreciate it as well, and I wish you the best as well.
0: Well, thank you.